Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I'm not sure if it's preaching or if it's getting out of the squirt coat. But I'm excited about both of them, to be honest. It is a, it is a really, really, really good day uh, to be together. Happy Easter, everybody. Come on, happy Easter, everybody. In the tradition of the church, he is risen. If you're new to the church, when I say he is risen, you have to say he is risen indeed. So he is risen. He is risen yeah, there's something to celebrate there. And, and, and thank the Lord for that time of worship. I mean, everything from the prelude, we haven't had a prelude in a while, and the prelude with Scott on the organ. Scott, there was some comments on the feed, people saying thank you for doing it. What a special time. All the way through the, the worship set, what a great job from the worship team. Amen. Great job from the worship team. And uh, we're looking for a name for the three-guy band that was up here that, that did the, the special song. So way to go for those guys, man. What a joy, what a joy, what a joy. I've got something special for somebody. I wanted to, uh, to give somebody a million dollars. Can I give somebody a million dollars? I mean, not a real million dollars, but a million dollars. Can I give somebody a million dollars? Come on, it's a special gift. All right, so um, I went to Hobby Lobby. It cost me $1.29. I'm excited to bless somebody with it. Who wants the million dollars? Who wants it? Who wants it? All right, all right. If, if I know you really, really well, in other words, if you are my child, you're out of the running. All right, so, all right, so you're not my child. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're young enough to run up here. Yep, 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 yep. And you re- your mom really wants you to have a candy bar right now. Come on, somebody. Who wants it? 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 Come on. All right. Come on, Michael. I see your hand up way back there. Come on up. Clap it up for Michael. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a little bitty bar either. That's the big one. You got it, buddy. You got it. You got it. Man. I uh, I want to I get started with you this morning, and uh, I hope that you're ready for the word. And if uh, just for a moment, if you want to pause with me. Will you point to me, Scott? All right. If you, if just for a moment, if you want to pause with me. And, uh, and let's pray together. Father, we want to celebrate everything today. We want to celebrate the entire journey of Holy Week. We want to celebrate the fact that the tomb was empty. We want to celebrate the fact that you're resurrecting our lives. We want to celebrate the fact that you gave up your son on our behalf. We want to celebrate the fact that you've forgiven us from our sins. We want to celebrate the fact that you've gathered us back together for worship. We want to celebrate the fact that the church is alive. But God, more than anything, more than anything, God, we just want to celebrate you. We just want to thank you. We just want to honor you. We just want to say yes to you. So, Father, whatever it is that would hinder us from doing that right now, let us lay it down. Whatever it is that would distract us from doing that, let us set it aside. Whatever it is that would cause us just for a moment to turn our attention away from you and fix our attention on something else, let let us put it behind us. Because, God, this moment is solely about you. We honor you. We worship you. We pray that you would ready our hearts to receive your word. Amen. 
You know, as a pastor, I think often about, uh, like, what, what is my real purpose? Like, what is it that I do? And I imagine some of you have thought that as well. You know, like, what does this guy actually do? Right, and so um, some people, you know, may, maybe wanted to maybe, maybe wanted to know so bad that they they watched and they they kind of followed around. They like, I want to see what you actually do. Well, let, let me boil this down for you. As a pastor, my primary purpose, my number one desire professionally, is to see people leave this life and enter an eternal one. My desire greater than anything else, is to ready you to leave this life and enter into the next. I was reminded of this yesterday. I was at a funeral, and I got to say a few words at this, at, at this guy's funeral, and, and this guy had been a, an encourager in my faith. He, he had reminded me of the Lord. He had, he, had, he had shepherded my heart a little bit when I was, uh, when I was young in the faith, and, and, uh, and, and now, he, now, he, now he's resurrected with Jesus. He's resurrected with Jesus, and as I was sitting there, what I could remember what I could remember over and over again in my mind was that our role as shepherds is to get you ready to be face-to-face -face with Jesus Christ. So if you don't hear anything else this morning, if you, if you miss anything else, if you're, if you're, still, on the, if you're still on the organ and, and everything else has washed by, just tune in for this 10 seconds. Are you personally ready to be in the fullness of the presence of God. Is your heart ready? Is your mind ready? Have you yourself yielded to the Lord? I have one job. My sole purpose is to help you jump from this life to the one that's ahead of you. Luke chapter uh, 23 in the verses that Rachel read for us recounted the story that we're all taking, we're all participating in today. The resurrection story, the story of the tomb being empty. And in case you came to church for the first time and you've never heard this story before, let me give you the abbreviated version. On Thursday, the disciples got together with Jesus and they had a meal. We're going to celebrate that meal. And, and, and after that, Jesus did something really special. He, he, he knelt before them and washed their feet as an act of service, the king serving his people, right? On Friday, Friday morning, really early in the morning, the, uh, the, 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 the Roman guards came and arrested Jesus. And Jesus was put on a trial, though it may have been a mock trial at best. He was put on trial, and, and as a result of being put on trial, he was, uh, he was deemed to be guilty and to be crucified. He hung on a cross for three hours that day, and then his life yielded to the Father. Darkness overcame the land. Jesus indeed died. He was buried into a tomb that was borrowed from somebody who had a lot more wealth than Jesus did. And as a result, as a result, fear gripped those who followed Jesus. There was question and confusion about who it was and how it was that Jesus could have died. Until finally, three days later, Jesus was no longer in the tomb. He had resurrected. He had indeed done everything that he said he was going to do. And the days that follow, Jesus reaffirmed the faith 
of the early disciples and followers of Christ by appearing again before them. The tomb was empty. Christ had resurrected. So there's some things we got to make sense of this morning if we're going to move from here. And I want to get us going. i got three points I'm going to pull out for you this morning. So if you got something to write with, get ready to write them down. I'm getting excited about my message. I hope you are too. The first one is this. God renewed his promise through Jesus. Now, you want to ask some questions as a result of that. You want to say, hey, Pastor Ray, what was the promise that God renewed? So let me answer that question. I know you were thinking it. Let me answer that question. Go with me into Genesis chapter 17. Go ahead. Flip there in your Bible real quick. Genesis chapter 17. If you don't have it, it's not going to be on the screen. You're going to need to write it down. Genesis chapter 17. If you don't have it, just write it down so you can check it out when you get home. Genesis 17. Here's the promise that God gives to the people. God is having a conversation with Abram, who later becomes Abraham, and he has this conversation. He says, I will establish my covenant or my promise as an everlasting covenant or promise between me and you and your descendants after you and the generations that will come after them to be, and I will be your God and the God of your descendants after, that come after you. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Here's the promise that God makes with Abram. Abram, and he says, he says I will be your God, and you will be, come on, somebody been in church for more than a minute, I will be your God, and you will be, you, you'll be my people. I'll be your God, and you'll be my people. This is a two-way conversation. God says to Abraham, I'm going to father you, and you will be my people. You will revere my name. You will be obedient to what I ask of you. You will follow my way. So God makes his promise. And then we see throughout the rest of the Old Testament scripture, the people of God stumbling their way through this promise. God keeps his end, and the people of God seem to fall and falter back and forth with keeping their side of saying yes to God. Is that true for anybody in the room? Did anybody ever stumble on their way of saying yes to God? Anybody ever, ever, just me and Nancy, right? Like, did anybody else ever have a moment where they were like, I want to be obedient to God, but for some reason I stopped? Come on, somebody, right? So, so you're no different than the people of Israel, right? But God has made this promise. He said, I'll be your God and you will be my people. This is how the relationship will go, back and forth, back and forth. So how do we pick that promise up in Jesus? Let me help you understand this. I'm going to give you five quick reasons why I believe that you should believe in Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who carries on the promise that God made. Here they are. John chapter 6, John chapter 6, Jesus says this, he says, I have come from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of the Father who sent me. Let me ask you the question. You know anybody else who came from heaven? Come on, somebody, you know anybody else who came from heaven? Do you know anybody else who, has, who literally has been in the full presence of God? Do you? There's not even another God who claims that. Right? There's not another deity who claims that. Jesus is the only one who stood before all of man and said, I myself have been in heaven. I have been with the Father. The Father sent me on this mission. Right? Jesus makes a claim that at, at worst is blasphemy, punishable by death if it's not true. Jesus says, I've been there. I came from the Father. All the rest 
of any religions that we follow, all the rest of all the ideas that we have are about our ability to climb the ladder. It's about our ability to get clean enough, get right enough, get, get rich enough, get fast enough, get thin enough, whatever it is, to get to that place where finally we would be acceptable. Jesus is the only one who says, I've already done the work, and I'm coming to you. You don't have to come to me. I'm coming to you. Second one this morning, here you go. John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. Jesus himself claims to be the deity. He claims to be God. And if this isn't true, get the stone and throw it at him now because he should have been put to death. He claimed that he and the Father were one. And I got to say this. He lived in such a way that it was evident to everybody that this was true. Jesus is indeed one with the Father. So when he says, I was in heaven, the reason why he could say I came from heaven is because he is one with the Father. The Father sent me. He is one. He came on the mission and as a result, desires for you and for me to understand him as Lord. Third, this morning, John chapter 8, verse 46, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? This is Jesus asking this question before the crowds. He says, can any of you identify anything that I've done wrong? Now, look, let me say this. I know some really good people. I know some good people. I could identify good people in the room, right? Like, I could identify some people in the room, and if I identified them, you would have a hard time thinking, man, I, I could think of something that wasn't right about her or wasn't right about him. Y'all want me to give you an example? Y'all want me to give you an example? All right, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example, right? All right, so everybody's like not wanting to make eye contact right now, okay? But we'll, 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 make, we'll make eye contact, right? Let's think about Tom. Pop. One of the most gracious guys that I know, amen? Amen. One of the most generous guys that I know. A, a, a father in the faith and a father on earth, right? Just a great dude. Tom, can I ask you a question? Would you ever say that you were perfect? Would you ever say that you've never done wrong? Could you think of one, don't tell us what it is, but could you think of at least one time that you made a mistake? At least one, right? All right. All right. Now, no, I don't want you to think, okay, well, it's just because Tom's older. So let's go to the younger crowd, right? Like, you, you all remember that dude who was up here standing in front of everybody with the shaving cream? Which, by the way, as a bald guy, like, that shaving cream had great value. Like, come on, come on. All right, so y'all remember that guy, Ricky, who was up here, right, right, right? Ricky is a good dude, amen? Amen. He's our kids pastor. He's our connections pastor. He's someone we're raising up in the faith in a way that he will lead churches for many years to come. Just a great dude, amen? Come on, amen to that. He's great. He's great. Ricky, can I be honest with you? I know that you are amazing, but I question, my question to you is, are you perfect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christina, don't, don't answer that, Christina. Don't answer that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's perfectly made for you. Amen? Okay, there you go. Look, I think we get the point. We get the point here. There's nobody, there's nobody who could claim to be sinless except Jesus. We know it says that in Scripture, for all sin and fall short of the glory of God except Christ. Mark chapter 2, verse 5, uh, the fourth one this morning. Uh, Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. He's talking to the paralytic man. You might remember the story. But in this moment, Jesus takes on the ability to forgive sins. 
to forgive things that are not between, uh, you know, the, 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 to, to, to take on, that, that, only, that only God himself has the ability to do. And Jesus says, look, your sins are forgiven. In, in, in his perfect, holy oneness with God, he claims the ability to forgive sins. And lastly here, Mark chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus says, he, he says, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and, and, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and after three days, he will rise again. I'm reminded here that Jesus is the only one, not, not only the only one that came from heaven to earth, he's the only one that from earth defeated the grave and resurrected, and resurrected. He promised he would do it. We see it satisfied. I, I, I guess I would say it like this. Every one of us has one major problem. We're, our days are numbered. From the moment we took that first breath, we were one breath less of life. There is an end point to this life. There, there, there's no way around it. At some point, the ticker will stop, the breathing will stop, and it doesn't matter what machine they put you on, you will be done. Done. That date is ahead of us. I don't know when it is for any one of us. Praise the Lord, it's not right in this moment for any of us, but that time is ahead of us, and we face this with, without hope, dot, 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 but Jesus. Right, right? It, 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 without Jesus in our life, we have no answer for death. We have no answer. We have no hope. We have nowhere to turn. We have no way in which we can reconcile in our minds what happens. It is only through Jesus that we find resurrected hope. So here's my second point this morning. The first one, the first point that I was trying to make for you this morning was that we find that, that God continued his promise through Jesus. The second one I want to make to you this morning, I'm going to move quickly now, is that God's love is experienced in resurrection hope. Look at Luke chapter uh, 24 for me. Luke chapter 24, I'll read it to you really quickly. This is what it says. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood amongst them and said, peace be with you. This is after Jesus has died and resurrected. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do, you, why do, you, why do doubts rise in your minds? Now look, let me just pause for one second. There's a reason why they were, struggled, they, they were troubled. There's a reason why they were doubting. They had just saw their Messiah die. They saw the guy that they were following. For, they, they devoted their life to him, and they saw him die on a cross, and, and, and they hadn't put together yet that these steps were coming, that he indeed was going to resurrect. I mean, they were just looking from the fleshly view like, this is it. When I stood at this funeral yesterday, about 60% of the people in the room were, were folks that had come from churches that, he had, that, that, that Russ had been a part of. And as a result, like, they were people who had, they had great hope. But there were some other people in the room who, who faith is not a part of their story. And they were just looking. They were just like, death has occurred. And how do we go on? And, and I got to be honest with you and say, like, without Jesus, there is no answer. The only way we have resurrected hope is through Jesus. So Jesus is looking at them, having, having resurrected and standing before them again, and he's saying to the disciples, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise up in your minds? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It's me. Touch me and see. 
A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones. When he said this, he showed them his hands and he showed them his feet. And while they, were, while they still did not believe, because they, believe it because of joy and amazement, amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled as it has been written. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning with Jerusalem. You are the witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. Now stay here until you have been clothed with power from God. Jesus himself declares that, that the hope that we find is a resurrection hope, that we as well will join him one day in resurrection, that even though this body will come to rest, that there will be life that continues after that, if we are in Jesus. That is the only way that that hope comes about. You see, the reality is the disciples were frightened, they were concerned, they were worried because they were without Jesus in that moment. And when he resurrects, he assures them, and I dare say this to you and to me all the way from the front to the back, he assures us that we will resurrect with him if we'll be his people. I'll be your God if you will be my people. The promise from the very beginning of Scripture, and it carries all the way through. Last point for this morning. Our hope is tied to the promise of resurrection. Our hope is tied to the promise of resurrection. Look, if the tomb wasn't empty, there is no need for us to be gathered here today, right? If the tomb wasn't empty, he was a good dude who died on a cross. And maybe he wasn't guilty, but he was, but he was, but he was crucified anyway. And there have been plenty of good people who have died. If the tomb wasn't empty, there's no way for me to place hope in resurrecting again because even he didn't resurrect. If the tomb wasn't empty, all of us who have followed along for hundreds of years now have been misguided at best and have been fooled at worst. But here's the good news. The tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. I mean, get this today. It was empty. People ran to see, and it was empty. People wanted to testify that it was empty. Even the slowest of the disciples eventually got there and recognized that it was empty. I mean, they all found out for certain that it was empty. And now the question was, if he could resurrect, what would happen to us? If he could go back to be with the Father, what would happen to us? I mean, this is what I'm trying to say to us this morning. Our hope is tied to the promise that we will resurrect. Like, if you don't believe in the resurrection, there's no reason to follow after Jesus because Jesus has promised to you and has promised to me is that he will be our God if we will be his people and that where he's going, he's going to prepare a place and that one day he will resurrect us to go and be with him again. I mean, do you believe today in the resurrection? Do you believe in the hope that Jesus is indeed calling you and calling me into eternity with him? My goal, my sole purpose 
is to help you prepare to jump from this life to the next. That's resurrection hope. That's resurrection hope. John says it this way in the 20th chapter. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary ran to the tomb and saw that the stone had been rolled away. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and, and, they and, and, and said they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples started on their way to the tomb. They were both running. One of the disciples was faster than the other. He bent over, and he looked, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Peter eventually came along behind him, and he got to the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the other linens. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, he went inside. And then it says these words, he saw and he believed. He saw, he witnessed, and he believed. I've got to invite you, friends. Would you believe with me today? Would you join me on the journey of running to the tomb? You may be faster than me, so you might get there ahead of me. But whenever we get there, let's look inside. Let, let's explore. Let's question. Let, let, let's, let's lay all of, our all of our confusion and all of our questions right there. But when we step out of that space, let's carry with us the resurrection hope that my Savior is not laying in a grave, that my King did not just die on a cross and be forgotten, that he went to the depths of hell so that I might not have to, that he resurrected from the grave so that I might resurrect as well. And that one day, when this body ends, when my breath on this life is over, I will live into the hope of the resurrection that I have today. Would you join me on that journey? Would you believe with me that Jesus can indeed do that? Because I believe that Christ has risen. Thank you, Scott. Come on, let's do that again. Because I believe that Christ has risen. He indeed has risen. Let's pray together. Father God, what a holy, holy day to be invited to be in your presence and to, to witness the goodness of who you are, to share and to testify about your resurrection. Oh, Father. Some of us are coming to the tomb and we want to look and see. We might have questions. That we need answers to. God, we believe upon you. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, 
visit our website at roxboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.